0: to the podcast of Vertical Life Church. We hope and pray these messages encourage and challenge you to find your glorious purpose in Christ Jesus. For more information, visit us on the web at www.blchurch.tv. So thankful for each and every one of you that call Vertical Life Church your home. Oh, that might help a little bit, huh? I see. There we go. How's that? There we go. Now, now, I'll say it again. I'm I'm thankful for all you guys that are here. Thank you via Facebook Live. There we go. Now, now we're live. You can hear me. So. <laughs> Um just appreciate every, each and every one of you, everyone matters to us, and most importantly it matters to God, and we just, um, we're just glad you're here. Um, you guys ready for today? Uh, we got rain coming down like cats and dogs today, but you know what, the Lord, Lord is good. We know, He knows we need rain to dry up our uh, yellow lawns that we have, and it's just real exciting, you know, I mean, uh, just, uh, I mean, maybe not coming in, but you know, you guys are definitely glad for the rain for the most part, right? Um, this week has been a challenge, you know, for me personally. I, uh, it's been hard, you know. I got this message already and then the Lord, you know, gave it to me, and I got it all ready. And then, uh, just opposition, you know. You just, the enemy just, you know, I'm going to tell you something. The enemy is an identity thief, right? So we, we have to, um, first foremost, be aware of what, who he is, uh, in that, in that aspect. So I, I expected opposition, because it was hard, and, and nonetheless, um, yeah, I just, I'm excited to give the message to you today, because it's just, um, it's really dear to me, because it's, it's something I wrestle with sometimes, you know, it's, it's just, life in general is hard. And so, identity, who you are, and uh, like the message, like the uh, sign says here, identity from ordinary to extraordinary, and today I'm going to try to give you guys all practical reasons how we can live that out. Uh, because we know, like I said, the, the thief is an identity thief. He comes to seek, kill, and destroy us, right? If he can cripple the church, then he can stop the light go- from going into the darkness. So, we, um, I'm kind of got cheat. I got my cheat sheet today, so. But, uh, I kind of want to just, uh, give you a little history. You got, how, how many of you guys like history? How many, how many are history buffs in here? All right. I, lo- I love history. So, this is one of my favorite subjects. My son is really starting to take on the, uh, take on that approach to, uh, like in history, as much as my wife and I. So we, um, so in order to um, look at our identity, we first need to go back in history, in the beginning, right? So in Genesis uh, 127, this is what it says, I'm going to read this out of the Tree of Life version, this is a Messianic Jewish Bible that I've come across, and I really just love it, because our first Christians were Jewish, right? Amen. So, God created humankind in His image. In the image of God, He created them—him, male and female. He created them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for just not only creating us but giving us our identity. And we just ask, Lord, that you would bless everyone here. Um, we just pray that they would, come, like um, Josh was saying earlier, may they be ch- uh, come in, leave be- leave better than they came in, Lord. We just ask that your Holy Spirit would just fill the hearts of everyone here, everyone listening on Facebook Live. We just, uh, we thank you for all that you're doing, Lord, in and through us. And we just ask this, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. So, I can remember as a kid, this is how I identified myself. I played sports. I played football, baseball, basketball, I played all three sports. Hard, didn't have any time for girls, didn't have any time for anybody. So it kept me busy. And so the way I identified myself is by my performance. You know, um, our, our last name kind of had a rough name in our neighborhood, in our town. But nonetheless, you know, um, I was trying to make a good name for our family. And, and not, not to just, uh, disregard our family or disrespect them because they're, they're great. You look at them now, they're they're just totally transformed and just awesome people. But everybody has a rough beginning. I had a rough beginning. I used to run from a church bus when I was 11 years old. I didn't want nothing to do with church, you know. I mean, I, I popped in and out sometimes in between 11 to 15. I can remember giving my life to the Lord when I was probably 13, probably when I went to a Free Methodist Youth Night. I can remember praying a prayer. And then I remember um, when I went to a Baptist church when I was a kid, when I was 15, 16. And um, I can just remember, for me, it was, I came to the Lord for salvation more out of fear than I did reverent respect, you know. I didn't want to go to hell, you know. And I don't think any of us want to go to hell. And want to go to hell. So out of fear, I said a prayer, I believe. But I tell you what, the last few years of my life, last quite a few years, has been life-changing. This journey we've been on at VLC Church has been amazing. And I'm just so thankful for the Henrys. I'm thankful for them taking the bold step and in going into a new direction. Because it's changed my life, and it's changed the way that I I approach the supernatural. And I'm just so thankful for their their hearts to just step out of the boat and just go for it. I think it's opened the door for many of us. And that's going to get into our message today about identity. So when you read Genesis 1, we're created in God's likeness. He set us apart from everything. He didn't make the, he didn't make the angels like that. He didn't make uh, the earth like that. He made us uniquely and wonderfully made, right? Amen? So we have to look at who we are first by by what we're created to be like and in the, in the image of who we're like. So, I think that and then I'm going to get into the part, okay, Genesis eleven 1, 9. So, this is the Tower of Babel story. This is quite an interesting story. So, again, like I say, we're going into history. This is way back in. This is it's crazy to think that um, in the Tower of Babel this whole story I'll read it to you. It goes like, now the entire earth had the same language with the same vocabulary. How many say, how many think that would be boring? We all kind of, we're all the same here. We're kind of like, there's no problems. There's really just a lot of, you know, it's pretty functional, right? It's pretty normal. So, you know, this is like common. And so, uh, everything's great, I I think. I don't think they're complaining. But, when they traveled eastward, they found a valley in the plain of Shinar and settled there. They said to one another, Come, let's make bricks and bake them until they are hard. So they used bricks as for stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower whose top reaches into heaven. So let's make some, a name for ourselves, or else we will be scattered over the face of the whole land. Then the Adonai, the Lord came to see the city and the tower that the sons of man had built. Adonai uh, said, look, the people are one and all of them have the same language. So this is what they have begun to do. Now, nothing they plan to do will be impossible. Come, let's go down and confuse their language uh, there so they will not understand each other's language. Uh-oh. So we've got to change here. Change, how, many, how many can say change is good? It's kind of uncomfortable, isn't it, at first? So I, I just I can't imagine one minute they're speaking the same, next minute they're going. Ah, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what? Now, now they can't understand each other. So they're, they're pretty, I, that's why we get our name Babel, right? They're starting babbling, can't understand them. So and so Ad and I scattered in fr- uh, them from the there over the face of the entire land, and they stopped building the city. This is why it is named Babel, because Adonai confused the languages of the entire world there, and from there, Adonai scattered them over the face of the entire world. So, when they, when they scattered, it was most likely they scattered them east. So, um, Babylon, you know, where they're at is kind of south of the Holy Land. Like, modern day, or actually east of the Holy Land. It's more Iraq. Modern day Iraq, that would be. And so, Scattered eastward, so we got, this is where we get our Russian, our, our Russian nationalities, our European, and then onward over, you know. So we're kind of, they're scattered, they're, they're, uh, they kind of lost their identity, didn't they? They've kind of like, they had a national identity, but um, a lot of scholars believe that they, they were not only trying to build this tower into heaven, but some scholars believe that they were trying to, to have this portal into heaven that where they could go in there and uh, overthrow God. Uh, that's, and so God sees this and sees that they're one and they, nothing will be impossible. And i that's quite a statement. So what does God do? God does what he does best. He doesn't want, you know, he doesn't want idol worship. He doesn't want any of that. He So he stopped what they are doing and uh, he scattered them just as they, they said would happen. So they were scattered. And so... They lost their identity, and uh, but nonetheless, God's not done, right? God, God keeps going on. He from Genesis all the way to Revelation, He's not finished. So we get into Genesis twenty-two, fifteen. So this is more history. This is like um, a story of Abram, and uh, Abram before this is already called. You know, God already makes a covenant with him, but God re- reconfirms this covenant. And so in Genesis 2215 15, 18, um, it says, The angel of Adonai called to Abraham second time from heaven and said, By myself, I swear, it is a declaration of Adonai, because you have done this thing, and you did not withhold your son, your only son. And I will richly bless you, bountifully multiply your seed like the stars of heaven and like the sand of the se- seashore. Your seed will possess the gate of his enemies. In your seed, all nations of the earth will be blessed. Because you obeyed my voice. That, we just, I think we hit on that last week. I think Joey hit on uh, Abraham going to sacrifice his one and only son. How hard would that be? I just, I can't imagine. But nonetheless, Abraham believes God. You know, Abram's story starts when he is in the land of Ur. God says, okay, I need you to get up, and I need you to go to this land. And he gets up and goes. That's faith, you know, that's just, that's why he's called the um, uh, we call it Ab- uh, Father Abraham, you know, because he he had many sons, right? <laughs> I don't know if you remember. All, any of you guys remember that song? I don't. Um, I won't try to sing it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll save it. <laughs> but nonetheless, God God is creating an identity through Abraham Abram, and it's funny that his name changes to Abraham can you see the identity change right there God changes from who he was to who he's going to be even though Abraham didn't see the promises of God you know what was going to come from him Abraham believed and it was counted to him as righteousness so he's one of our faith forefathers you know one of the ones that you know stepped out of faith and uh, and so a great a great identity is starting to form out of Abraham so how many are liking the history so far? This is uh, this is like one of my favorite things. Now we get in the book of Numbers, it gets a little tricky, but this is uh, <laughs> this is pretty neat. So so one of the key points that God, is Abraham name ch- name changed to Abraham because of the faith that because of his faith, all nations are blessed by his faith. He was cultivated in a new identity and a great nation was going to be formed from his descendants. So, I mean, if you go back in history, we know Abraham and Isaac, right? Isaac had, what was it, what was he, uh, Isaac's other son, Isaac's son. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? So we got Jacob. So Jacob, this is significant. I mean, I, I don't have this verse up, but here's a little history on him. He, he sold it, him and his brother, he tricked his brother, right, Esau, and said, sell me your birthright. What does Esau do, huh? Sells his birthright. And so Jacob receives the blessing. Jacob tricks his dad thinking it's Esau. So it, uh, so his dad, Isaac, blesses him. Th- and he put, he put like this, stuck some hair on his arms to make him hairy like his brother. So he's kind of like, oh, it's you, it's you, Esau. Okay, so he blesses over Jacob. Jacob <laughs> receives the blessing. So the Bible's kind of funny sometimes, you know. It's like when I mean, you hear stories like that. But nonetheless, Jacob receives a blessing. And out of Jacob, we know that what his, uh, what his, he had 12 sons, right? 12 sons become the, uh, they have one of the sons. We talked about, I think, last week about Joseph. Joseph, they did not like. Oh, you're not going to bow down to me. We're not going to bow down to you. Because he is prophesying. He had dreams and visions of what was gonna happen. They were gonna bow low to him. And they didn't like that. He's the youngest brother. And so it's it's interesting, you know, because it's like, okay, we're not doing that. Even even Jacob himself and was gonna do the same thing. So what did they do to him? They threw him into a pit. Let the Egyptians and they sold him off to the Egyptians into slavery. We you know Joseph's story goes into he works for Potiphar's wife, you know, or Potiphar himself. And then he gets accused of uh, messing around with his wife. All right, so Jacob had to go through some mess, put into slavery. Brothers despise him; they want to kill him. They want, and uh, but they decided to instead to sell him to the Egyptians, which they did. So they're, uh, yeah, they're. He's living in Egypt. He gets accused of adultery. Gets locked up for many years. All of a sudden, Pharaoh at that time is, you know, of course, like having visions and dreams. A non, you know, someone a non-Jewish, uh, Jewish is or Hebrew, is having dreams and visions. So he nobody can interpret. So they send for Joseph. And the, the, um, one of the servants is like, I know a person that is locked up. And uh, he actually can interpret dreams and visions. So they send Joseph in there, and he does it. And this, co- and this is where Joseph's life starts to turn around. His identity starts changing. He becomes second in command to Pharaoh once he interprets the dreams. How awesome is that? I mean, I don't know. That's a lot of power. But nonetheless, Joseph lives an honorable life. And uh, the story's not over on that. You know, His brothers, there's a famine coming to the land. That's what was prophesied by Joseph to the Pharaoh that this famine was coming and so Pharaoh tells Joseph to get the things ready needed for the famine so and then all of a sudden while he's doing that he notices his brothers coming up oh man I mean I'd be I'd probably, I'd be I don't know but I'd still be ticked off at my brothers for doing that stuff to me. He recognized them but they did not recognize him. That's the interesting thing, you know. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm certain he had a shaved head. He had a different identity, you know. He wasn't recognizable anymore. He wasn't this little little brat anymore. <laughs> so, and nonetheless, he was, he spots him, asks him for grain. He asks him for grain, and he sends it for his father. Actually, one of his younger brothers, and then his father. And they come up. This is the beautiful part of that story. At the at the end of this thing, after he reveals himself to them. He said, What God what you meant for harm, God meant for good. How many how many how many how many guys can testify? God is faithful. He's just so amazing, so good, that he turned Joseph's life and used it for his glory to save many people. This is why Identity is important. Through that, Joseph doing that, through uh, having a forgiving heart toward his family, the nation that we're about to see unfold is going to come about. In Genesis 49, 9 through 12, this is what it says concerning Judah. A lion's cub is Judah, for they pray, my son, you have gone up. He crouches down, like a lies down like a lion, or like a lioness, who would rouse him. The scepter will, this is the prophecy part, the scepter will not pass from Judah, nor the ruler's staff between uh, his feet, until to whom it belongs will come. The Messiah, right? To, whom, to him will be the obedience of pe- the peoples. And so binding the fall to the vine, his donkey, Colt, to the choice vine. He washes his garments in wine, and the blood of grapes his robe. His eyes are darker than wine, his teeth are whiter than milk. So here we got not just Judah, but all the tribes, 12. This is where we get our 12 tribes of Israel. And it's funny, when you look at Jacob, his name was changed to Israel, right? He wrestles with a man at night. He prevails, right? And all of a sudden, he's like, I will not let go until you bless me to this person he's wrestling with. He's wrestling with God, you know. So God lets go. He says, because you've strived against me and won, I will bless you. So Jacob gets blessed, and his name gets changed to Israel. This is where modern-day Israel comes from. And we still have 12 tribes. There's a lot of history, right? This is a lot of, and I'll get to our identity in a little bit, but I just kind of want to go back to in history of the first, God's first people, were Jewish, or Hebrew. So he had, we're cultivating their identity, and showing. And I'm just sharing that with you guys. And so we know the Messiah comes from Judah. He's, what's what we, he gets the nickname Lion of the Tribe of Judah, right? He's the uh, he's the Lamb that was slain, you know. So he's he's um, it's great. So Hebrew, he, like, we got to remember, Hebrew people went through a lot of hard times. They went through 400 years in being in Egypt. To, and, this, and Joey brought this up to me when we got together this past week. He's like, "Did you know that the Pharaoh, they had the reason why they were so harshly treated because they had a Pharaoh that did not know them?" I was like, "That's extraordinary." So they, they went from having an identity back to no identity. Because the Pharaoh that was in charge this time didn't have a clue who these guys were. And so th- their identity is taken away from them again. And they're, and they're in a slavery, working day and night and morning, every, just treated harshly. You know Moses rises up and he kills one of the uh, Egyptians for striking, going to strike one of the uh, Hebrews. So Moses flees and leaves, right? And then all of a sudden, God tells me, "I go back. You got to free my people." Moses like, I can't speak, (laughs) you know. So we we see an we see an identity through Moses. So he says, "Well, we'll have your brother Aaron, who can speak." So after much back and forth stuff, like I can't do this, I can't do that, he says, I'll give you Aaron, your brother, and he'll be your mouthpiece, and I'll give him my words. So, so we know Moses goes back, pleads with the Pharaoh, and, and tells him all these plagues are going to come unless you free, free the people. Didn't listen until the final one came, and then he finally said, get out of here, go. And uh, he, he left. So, not, and then once they were released, it was still hard times for the people of Israel, or the Hebrew people, Israelites. Because, is this where their identity kind of changed? They saw God part the Red Sea. They saw all the miraculous things God was doing. But yet, Moses leaves for a little bit, comes back and finds them worshiping a golden calf. They're going back to the what they were part of for 400 years. They were going back to the culture that they had. That they were dealing with. So Moses comes down from the mountain, finds them doing that. It's crazy. You know, it's a, and they were just... They've they, they seen the greatness of God. But even and it's just crazy and they had battles after battles to in- inherit the promised land before that they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness i looked at that peninsula that that whole peninsula the sinai peninsula they they were in and that's like it's that's, that's like how can you wander for 40 years there it's crazy but i look at i look at the wilderness and it's called sin land of sin they they, they went there because they didn't believe god was going to give them what they wanted what what he's going to give them? God want, has promised them the whole this land is flowing with milk and honey. But we can't inhabit it because the people there are giants. We appear to them as grapes. You know, if you think Goliath was a giant, I think these were bigger. Based on you know some study, and I think these giants were huge. But nonetheless, God said, "I'll be with you," and they didn't trust him. So God says, okay, for your disbelief, you're going to fall in the wilderness and your fathers are going to die in the wilderness. But the ones after that will inhabit the land. That's pretty crazy. So I want to, to make this key point to you guys. Even in the battle, God is always faithful and fulfills his promises. So that's one of them. So when there's a change in identity, expect opposition like I say, preparing this message this week, or for this week, I got a lot of opposition in the last like three, four weeks. I just felt a lot of love the devil, and but you know, he resist him, he flees, right? Amen. So we have, we we knew who we are, and so God is always faithful to fulfill His promises. Just as there are twelve tribes, we're gonna get into the new covenant now. Just as Jesus told, chose the twelve tribes. There's 12 tribes that God chose. Jesus told 12 ordinary people to do extraordinary things. They spent three and a half years with him. And the first Christians were Jewish and then Gentile, right? Out of the, out of the church became Gentile believers, which we are, right? So here's where we get identified. And uh, it was going all over the world. I know I have some, there's some debate that this, the Bible is only for certain people. It's for us, too. We're, we're included in this plan of salvation. God loves us, and he's in a, in a, it started with Abraham. He said that all nations will be blessed. We're a part of that because of one man's faith. So what is the definition of a Gentile? Well, a Gentile is a person of non-Jewish nation or a non-Jewish faith. So I've, I think this is a beautiful picture of how God works. In the scripture, it says that he went after a people that were not looking for him. We weren't even looking for him. But he came to us. He pursued us. I think that is amazing. To the, a God that loves us that much, that we weren't even a part of the, the, uh, his original people, that he threw a branch out our way. And said uh, that we're adopted into this family. I think this is amazing. So in Romans ten twenty to twenty one, see if Brian can get that up here for you guys. This is kind. Of, I love this. I love how this is a, a kind of a parallel to Isaiah sixty five one. And it says in Romans ten twenty to twenty one. And later Isaiah spoke boldly for God, saying, "I was found by a people who are not looking for me. Us, right? I showed myself to those who were not asking for me." Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for coming to us. Thank you. Thank you for our forefathers, the 12 that spread the gospel to us that went through so much. But he says in 21, but regarding Israel, God said all the day long, I opened up my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. So their rejection became our reward got to inherit what they rejected i'm not putting down the jewish people because i love them they are god's original people and i and i I challenge you as a church be praying for for them for their conversion to the real messiah jesus christ as their messiah and it's going to happen god's going to do this great work and uh this is where your identity is really crucial Your identity is so important. If you are wrestling with your identity today, I pray this, this hits your heart. This is not to condemn you, this is to strengthen you, to encourage, to exhort you, okay? Because many of us, I mean, even a lot of church, even myself sometimes, we get very doubtful because of circumstances in life, right? We get hit really hard with just life in general. But those things make us stronger. They help us prevail. They help us lean on what we what we know and what we believe. But I think identity is the most important aspect. This outside of salvation, this is the one the most important thing: knowing who you are in Christ. Amen. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna be touching on this a um, little bit too. This is a uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 17. We're going to break this apart a little bit. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, break it apart and I'm going to try to help us wrap, wrap into our identity and who we are. So we going know this verse. It's very familiar. Um, it says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, We also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Amen, right? Because of what Christ did, we're no longer living for ourselves. We're living for the one that gave it all for us that that is awesome I know this may sound elementary but a lot of us a lot of us wrestle with this we believe the scripture but also but but living it out is hard because we're still wrestling with ourselves we're still fighting against the old person I'm gonna tell you brothers and sisters we're not fighting against that like I said earlier, we have an, we have an identity thief. Something that comes to seek, kill, and destroy you. When you let a man to rob you of your identity, that's where all the negative thoughts come in. Okay? We, we, can, we can stop all that because of this. Verse 16 says, We have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This is a verse that we're all familiar with. This one means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, and the old life is gone, and the new life has begun. How many are happy with that life? That is awesome, right? The best life we could ever have, the extraordinary life. This is our identity. Your, uh, Your identity is not your old self no more, folks. Your new identity is what defines you. You're not a slave to the old person no more. You're not that. You're wonderfully and created and wonderfully and, and created. You know, you're made in the image of God. You're more than a conqueror. If any of you are wrestling with identity, speak these truths in your life and every day. When a negative thought comes, speak those positive what scripture says about you, what the word of God says about you. Because I, I tell you. We're a new creation, and I'll I, I add this, though, is that you, um, you, since you have this new life, you're this new person, sin isn't who defines you. You make mistakes, but the sin isn't what defines you. When you're in condemnation and you're in guilt and shame, that's not the new life, okay? God's love leads us to repentance, right? His, his love for us leads us to repentance. And we have a mediator between us and God, the Father. That's Jesus Christ. And he's faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, right? So we have a mediator. We have that truth. We have that. We can do this, right, as a church. This is our identity. So, Titus 3, 5 to 7 says, Once we, too, were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives are full of en- evil and envy, and we hated each other. Wow, strong language. That's crazy. So he's given like the old identity, right? But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth, a new life, through the Holy Spirit. Amen. He generously poured out our spirit, poured out the spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of His grace, He made us right in His sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Wow! So not only are we given—here's our identity—we're given this identity. Once we hated each other, we were envious, we were evil. But God in his love revealed his kindness to us. His love through Jesus Christ. And on top of that, he gave you the Holy Spirit as a foretaste of future glory. Can I say to the church, the miraculous things that you do now, I just can't, it's going to be so amazing when we get there. But the miracles and the signs and wonders and the things we do here through power of the Holy Spirit here. Just to, just to think of that. Be in the presence of all that activity going on in heaven. This is going to be awesome. But I, I tell you what, that's not the end game. That's the end game, but the in-between game is who we are in Christ and, what, and how that impacts the world around us. When you're in identity, you know who you are and you walk in identity, the world is going to be changed. It's going to be transformed through, who you, through the one that you know through the one that you identify with, the one that lives in you, the power that he gives you through the Holy Spirit, the gifts that he gives you to exercise. Every one of you has a gift. That's part of your identity too. You're this new person, you get, and you're also given gifts, and God, and God reveals those gifts to you, every one of you, individually. We don't all have the same gifts, but I tell you what, church, we do have the gift of prophecy. I'm not talking about the end game of prophecy, but I'm talking about speaking in the life of other people. I've heard it said about pulling the dirt from people. Instead of looking at the dirt of people, you're trying to find the gold in someone and help them find their identity as you have found your identity in Christ, right? So as we've been richly given, we richly give to others. And so this is a great commission. We've been commissioned to this. And so this is, this is our identity. This is who we are. This is what we do. I don't know how many people probably in my life that I've uh, walked away out of my life because of what I follow, who I follow. They think I probably some crackpot. I am most time. <laughs> but that's, that's besides the point. You all know I'm a little cray anyway. <laughs> so, Four ways to walk in identity. I don't think these are up here. And if you guys are on the U Version Bible app, there's an add notes section on it. And we also got the traditional way of writing it down on paper. But uh, I, I've come up, this is not exhaustive. There's a lot more than this. There's a lot more in history that I, that I shared today. There's a lot more to the history thing. And uh, just to encourage you to read, get you into your Bibles and just read up on it. It's very cool. And... Uh, Four ways to walk in identity. Number one, be in Christ. In Christ means you're identified to be in, you know what I mean? You're identified in. So, we are in Christ. That means we have a relationship with him. And so, therefore, we know, Jesus uh, said it before. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing, right? So, amen to that. I mean, he only sees what he sees the Father doing. When we're led by the Holy Spirit, that that's, it lives inside of us, he leads us into that. He says, I need you to go talk to that person. Words of knowledge. I need you to pray for that person for healing. I need you to um, speak encouragement to that person. Every, you know, so, I mean, God, God speaks. God's alive. He's not dead. He's surely alive, living on the inside, Right? Love that song, and uh, hope so, <laughs> so, be in Christ. Secondly, being rooted rooted in love. What does it mean to be rooted in love? To put others before yourself. To think of others as more important than yourself. Um, I know the Bible says that you know that we know the right thing to do, but we don't do it. We sin, right? So. The church—we're not going to be idle, are we? We're going to, we're going to meet the needs of the, We're going to help meet the needs of this world, and it starts within our communities. Nobody's—I mean, God, God's not calling everybody to be a missionary overseas, but you are a missionary here in, in your sphere of influence. And I just wanted to encourage you guys—all that you're all missionaries, you're all ambassadors, okay? You're all that, and you're much more. I love you guys, and I'm just, I just want to keep encouraging you guys on that. You are more than you say you are because of the one that's in you. So when you're rooted in love, the one that's in you, it's it, it, it's kind of it's, it's kind of just naturally flows out of you, this identity and who you are in Christ, because we know that He gave up everything for us. Even though He was in God, <laughs> you can not count equality of God as something to cling to, right? Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, took up the form of a servant, and died, and died a shameful death on the cross, right? But God, you know, uh, he sacrificed. That's why they say husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church. Husbands would be sacrificial. So um, we, we, we get that responsibility. <laughs> Sometimes easier than others. <laughs> when you throw kids in the mix, oh, that's another... Love my kids, and I was prophesying over my daughter, Lana. She's kind of trying to think, okay, God, what are you saying about her? What, do you, what, do you, what kind of destiny are you speaking into her through us? And we, we've, we, my wife said the other day, I thought this was a phenomenal word to describe her daughter, fierce. She is going to be a fierce uh, for the kingdom. She's going to just really go after it without fear. And I just want to prophesy over our daughter in that way. And thank you, Lord, for her feistiness and her energy, and that tires us out most days. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. And I encourage you guys to speak life into your kids. I heard a powerful thing this morning. Uh, it was by Chris Ballentine's son, Jason. He said that when our kids, when we uh, condemn our kids, they don't hate us. Hate themselves. So when we're when we're speaking negativity in their life, they don't hate us; they hate themselves. And I thought, wow, that's so pro- profound and powerful, and uh, made me sit and think. Yeah, I don't want to be critical of my kids, I don't, and if I've been, forgive me, you know. And uh, and one of the th- hardest things I had uh, I did my devotional this week. I was doing Craig Rochelle's, uh Dangerous Prayers. I don't know if you guys have read that book or done that devotional, but. Uh, he had a part in there that was really hard, even for me. It was like, "Break me!" <laughs> I'm like, "Break me!" I'm like, I don't think I've ever asked the Lord to break me. Have any of you guys asked the Lord to break you? It's a dangerous, eh, it's a dangerous prayer because when you pray it, you're asking God to break all, away all this stuff for you and make him more like Him. And I may mean, know that's painful <laughs> when I've got to change what I, things that. Uh, the way I'm used to doing things, to being broken apart and uh, be more in His likeness, that's, that's not an easy road. So that kind of hit me today. That's a, cha- that's, a, that's a challenge I got for myself, you know. And so, so rooted in love, and then we want to walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Your gifts of the Holy Spirit are very important to the church. This is what strengthens the church. Without your gifts, without you walking by faith and stepping out of the boat, the gift of the church is powerless. We don't want a powerless church, do we church? No, I don't want powerless. I believe in every one of you guys have a great gift, and you guys are exercising them greatly. And those that are tuning in on Facebook, if you haven't received the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I just encourage you. It just changes things. You go from saved from a place to a transformed new creature ready to go be on fire for the Lord and go after it. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's an identity change for sure. And uh, it changed my life. And then also we want to ask what our gift is. If you're not sure what your gift is ask the Lord. He's, he, he's always ready to an, give you an answer. That might not be the answer you want. You know, like, you're going to be a third, mission in a third world country in a Congo. you be like, holy moly, i got to go all the way up there. I mean, no, that takes a lot of great faith, right? But nonetheless, he's going to reveal what he wants you to do. And he's going to give you the gift. It could be a gift of encouragement, prophecy, tongues, Anything. The main purpose of the gifts is to strengthen the church. And then, once you've once you've uh, you ask for that gift, be ready to walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit as through His leading. I think that is very just very important. That's part of your identity. Once you know who you are, and you're rooted in love, you ask for what your gift is now you can walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit because you know who you are there's no question no and, and Satan himself can't even derail you from what your what your mission is on this life in the earth for the Lord and then it goes back to that step out of faith and pursue pursue your gifts to me this is an amazing amazing thing the, be and uh, I think I put a fourth one on. You. Yeah, I did so the fourth one would be devoted to prayer for everyone. Never stop praying, right? I think Paul said that. So never stop praying, and especially for Israel, our Jewish brothers, as they come to know Jesus as Messiah, and that the um. It's gonna be a great day. And I want to share this verse with you. It's, this is prophecy right here, guys. And I and I want to I want to I want to break it apart a little bit for you um, as I read it. But um, it says in Hosea Ho- two fourteen to twenty three. It says, "But then I will win her back once again. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her there." Hmm. I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into the gateway of hope. She will give herself to me there as she did long ago when she was young, when I freed her from captivity in Egypt. So we know that she's not talking about a girl, right? We're talking about Israel. We're talking about his people. When that day comes, says the Lord, you will call me my husband. Wow. How does that speak to you, church? That. We are the bride. Here, Israel is mentioned as a bride. We are co-heirs in this thing. And said, instead of my master. So they will be called, you're my bride instead of my master. Or you'll be be calling God their husband instead of master. O Israel, I will wipe the many names of Baal from your lips. And you will never mention them again. Oh, my great day, Lord. And on that day, I will make a covenant with all the wild animals and the birds of the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground, so they will not harm you. I will remove all weapons of war from the land, all the swords and bows, so that you can live unafraid and in safety, peace and safety. I will make you my wife forever. Amen. Amen. uh, The bride, right? We are the bride of Christ. See where God's going with this, right? This is pretty awesome. Showing you righteousness and justice, unfailing love and compassion. Wow. Blows my mind. Prophecy just... This day is coming, folks. This day is coming. Sooner than later. And I will be faithful to you and make you mine. And you will finally know me as the Lord. Sweet day. And that day I will answer, says the Lord, I will answer the sky as it pleads for clouds, and the sky will answer the earth with rain. Got rain today. (laughs) And uh, and then the earth will answer the thirsty cries of the grain, and the grapevines and the olive trees, and they will turn and will answer Jezreel, God plants. At that time I will plant a crop of Israelites and and raise them for myself. I will show love to those not called. Called the church, so he calls those that I not loved, and those I called not my people. I will say, now you are my people. It goes back to Romans, right? It said that we weren't looking for him, but he came to us, and I will say, now that you are my people, and I will reply, you are our God, and they will reply, you are our God. Isn't that awesome? We see both the Israelites and we see us in this beautiful picture of Hosea. How we're both into this story together. This is our identity. This is why we do what we do. I refuse to be idle. I do not want to be idle. I want to go out there and I want to preach the gospel to the nations, to people around me. I want them to know the good news of Christ. Not saves them only from a place of damnation, but also a place of blessing. And, and um, where they can walk in identity as we walk in identity. I I'm so ready for this. Are you ready for this church? Are you ready to take this on and just be and really just go after it? I believe Jesus is going to be ret- is returning soon. I'm not going to predict a date. I'm not a date setter. But I, I believe that he is going to work in us and through us to accomplish this before he comes back. He's gonna he's gonna. He's got. I mean, a lot, of, lot. I know a lot of prophecy people talk about the end result, the end game of prophecy, but I, me personally, I want to focus on what I got to do before He comes back. How we can bring, uh, help bring more people to Him, so they can be saved. That's my heart, and they can be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they can pass that on to someone else, and then they can receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The church is not made to be. And in the building church, it's made to be a horizontal church. It's made to go go out and be sent out. So let's be sent church. And uh, as we close, I kind of wanna wanna encourage you guys. I want if any of you are uh, wrestling with any any identity issues, you need prayer for that. Help the Lord reveal who you are in Christ. We can do that. Anybody needs healing. We can do that. We can pray that the Lord. We can pray over you so you can be healed. I mean, the Lord, the Lord wants to heal. This is heart, you know. And so, if any of you're dealing with anything, and uh, yeah, I mean, we can make, turn this into a time of prayer. And uh, yeah, I mean, I am uh, I'm broken every day, and like I said, I've never asked the Lord to break me, but today because a public, you guys are my public witness to me that the Lord break me today, break me myself. Help me not hold on to what myself. To let go and give Him the keys. He holds the keys of eternity, and I just pray that He, He break me first. And so. And if there's uh, any on Facebook Live, I just I want to pray for you too. I want if you don't know the Lord. You have not received the Lord and asked him into your life. It's, it's, it's not, there's no magic cantation to it. It's a simple prayer. You're asking the Lord to come into your life, be, be the Lord, and you're asking him to forgive your sins. And Then you're acknowledging that he died on the cross for you. But Not only that, he rose from the dead for you. You can pray that prayer today, and you can receive that. There's no magic in it. There's no special way to do it. It's it's a step of repentance. It's a step of acknowledging that Jesus is Lord and what he did on the cross for you to come pay for your sins. And uh, so, like I say, if anybody needs prayer, you're more than welcome to come up front we'll pray for healing. We'll pray for the Lord to do what he does best. You know, this is all from the Lord, not from us.